I quit my job, I start my business to, I did a million in revenue. I'll be honest with everybody here, I had no idea what I was doing. If you're not making a million dollars, you're doing a disservice to yourself because you're not making money. You're doing a disservice to your family. You're doing a disservice to your employees because you can't pay them well, you can't give them good benefits. And then you devalue plumbers across the nation. So if you wanna grow your plumbing business from zero to a million dollars a year, first you have to, what's up Joel? Hey, Jared, how's it going? <laughs> it's going Hopefully good. Hopefully, Kostin put some of that juicy intro in there. There's some good stuff in there. <laughs> there was some good stuff. Yep. I like going the highlight. The B, uh, what do we say? The Patreon page? <laughs> get the, you get the, the, the B roll. <laughs> we should start a Patreon page. And it should just be the precursor to the, our podcast. You just get the really shitty jokes and then the <laughs> off color comments that we don't want to get canceled on YouTube. So. Yeah. YouTube's all down with canceling people these days. Are they really? I mean, so I listen to a lot of, well, I don't listen to a lot of Russell Brand, but I listen to Russell Brand. You would. He's a smart guy. You he's should listen, a, check him out. He's what's Alex Hermosi calls it. <laughs> what is it? You I, try, I don't try, remember. What is it? You're such an idiot. Are you trying to say that he's a, he's a, he's a mental masturbator? Yeah. He's a news guy. That's what I feel when like. When was the last time you watched him? I just look at him and I don't want to watch him. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Anyways. He says a lot of controversial stuff, especially okay. about big media, big pharma, all those things. Yeah. Um, and then YouTube's always trying to kick him off. Yeah. They demonetized him to did all the stuff. And Oh, did they? Yeah, they write him a bunch of letters that he, he's not abiding by any rules and all this kind of stuff. Isn't that crazy? It actually is wild. And so there's this thing that YouTube's doing right now is they're putting in like other news, like the mainstream news feeds as a part of their app update. Uh-huh. Just so that when you're looking up news, it's going to recommend you all of the mainstream channels to watch, oh. which is interesting because like it's curating a world perspective for you. Yeah, it's saying this is what's the happening happening in the world. Mm -hmm. Very interesting idea that like your world, you can believe that <clears throat> what you perceive to be the world is completely wrong just by the type of things you watch. Here's what's crazy to me: the craziest part. Who in their right mind goes on their news feed and scrolls on any social media app? And like looks at the news stuff? Yeah. Yeah, not me. <laughs> I, I, used, I used to have Apple News. Yeah. And I would just like swipe over to the left and you would just see it. Mm -hmm. But every time it's like this terrible story, this terrible story. So it's just you're constantly bombarded with like the world is a really terrible place. Like, But like even like your Facebook feed. Why, why would you waste your time scrolling through your Facebook feed? Maybe some people's Facebook feeds are way cooler than mine, but man, what a waste of time. Yeah, I uh, I fall into the Instagram trap where I'll just go onto Reels and just like... Really? Yeah, pound Reels oh. for like 30 minutes. Oh. It's really bad. It's really gotta, hard for me to just like stop it. You got to stop that. I know. Dude, it's terrible. It is. It's a total time suck and it's not even that... There's not even, It's not even that funny, right? I'm just looking for funny jokes. Yeah. But there's just not that many. No. I yeah. would I would I wouldn't do that. And if anybody else is doing that, they should stop because it's a waste of their time. Yeah, like really at that point, like what I should be doing is just sleeping. Yeah. Or like usually, reading a book or Yeah, like something. Something. Playing a game with your family. Yeah. Ooh. No. Anything. Board game. Mm. Yeah, anything better than just scrolling the social medias. Yeah. So yeah. me <laughs> what's funny is so I we have kind of we try to avoid that as much as possible. I spend time on mine replying to people's comments, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I watch YouTube. Mm -hmm. But I don't like 
scroll my YouTube feed. Right. I search people or I search things. Yeah. I use YouTube like a search engine. Yeah. 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 Um, and I like YouTube because I learn real well from YouTube. Mm. I learn while I'm watching a video. Yep. Cool. What are we talking about today? Um, I mean, we're talking about, what are we talking about? How to make a million bucks in a year? Yeah. How you grow your plumbing business to doing a million in a year? Yeah. And it's doable. Oh, it's definitely doable. Yeah. First you, 12 months. Why do you think that it's not doable? Like why, or why do people think that it's not doable? Like what are sort of the, maybe we can start with sort of like the limiting beliefs. So if you want to grow your plumbing business from zero, nada, to a million dollars a year, first you have to believe it's possible. Mm-hmm. First you have to, second you have to want to do it. Mm. Um, so I, th- I think most people fall just into that category. They don't think it's possible mm-hmm. or they don't want to do it. And I think guys who start their plumbing business... So the reason I say don't want to do it is because a lot of guys will be like, well, I don't want to hire employees and I don't want that headache. I'm just going to keep it simple. It's just going to be me and my van. And yeah, yeah, I I'm going to make more money than when I was working for, you know, Joe Schmo over there. Yeah. And you might make a little bit more money, but I almost most people don't. Most people yeah. make the same or less mm. and they have more freedom in the sense that they can choose to go, you know, show up at nine a.m. nine a.m. instead of seven a.m. Or they can take a day off. If take they a want day or... off if you want without having to talk to your boss. But what ends up happening is your new boss just becomes your customers. Yeah, sure, because they're <clears> going to be demanding that you, hey man, like, can you help me out on this day or like, yeah, and then I'm just going to call and the phone's going to ring. <laughs> You're yeah. going to feel obligated to answer it. Yep, it's Sunday afternoon. Yep, and then. And then what ends up happening is you just get too many customers and you end up working all the time. Yeah. Because yeah. I think usually you're too cheap. Nine sure. times out of ten, you're you're not charging enough. And the so the the homeowner is like, man, this guy's really good. Cause most of the time you're a really good plumber. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy's a really good plumber. He's really nice. He does a good job and he's super cheap. Like they're like, this is rad. So yeah. they start telling all their friends. Mm-hmm. I found a plumber. He's really good. He's reliable. Mm-hmm. He's cheap. They call. They don't call you because you're good and reliable. They call you because you're good, reliable, and cheap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're really just using you because you're cheap. Yep. Um, do they like that you're good and you're reliable? Yes. But they're calling you because you're cheap. Right. Otherwise, they would call the good, reliable, expensive plumber. Right. Right. Because there's tons of those. Right. Um, it's like when they call a plumbing company you're getting one of two things. Mm. Good and reliable, but not cheap. Mm-hmm. Or you're getting cheap, but not good and reliable. Yes. Right? Yep. You can't get both of them when you have a real company. Mm-hmm. And so the guys who go into business for themselves, they're providing this good, reliable, and cheap to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And customers love it mm-hmm. because it's the best of both worlds, mm-hmm. right? But then as you acquire customers, all of a sudden you start to lose the ability to be good and reliable. Right. But you're still cheap. Yeah. And it's because you get so many people just wanting you to come do work for them, expecting you to answer your phone, Mm -hmm. get them on the schedule, show up to their house in a timely Mm -hmm. manner, fix the problem well, spend the time to make it right. Mm -hmm. And you get so many customers that you just literally can't provide that anymore. Yeah, and you're still probably going to be 
rushing from job to job at that point because <clears throat> you know you need to make money. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, then you start working a lot. And typically, the only reason you make more money working for yourself is because you're working so much. Yeah. Right? So if you just worked normal hours, you wouldn't make nearly the amount of money. Yeah. Versus if you were working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, mm -hmm. um, then you would make way more money. Mm -hmm. So that ends up happening. The other thing that happens is guys go into business, they're kind of, they're typically in that same boat, but they don't think making a million dollars is possible. Yep. So they may be like, mm -hmm. okay, I want to hire a couple employees. I want to, you know, grow a real business. I want to provide a good opportunity for my employees. But that million dollar number mm -hmm. just seems so big. Yeah. That they don't think that they could do that in one year. Yeah, or maybe even like ever. Ever. Like I've definitely heard guys yeah. have like plans for growth. Yep. And I've heard guys shoot numbers like, yeah, if I could just get to 500,000 per year with yep. four or five trucks. Yeah. And like suddenly like the numbers don't add up very quick at all. <laughs> nope. Why do you think that is? Like why do why why is there like this cap? It's just a lack lower? of understanding. So I was in the same boat, you know, cuz I worked a job. I'd done lots of side work. Um, I thought I had a good idea of like what going rate was, mm. what plumbers were charging. I had no idea about operating a business. Right? Yeah, sure. So maybe like, cause there's side work and yeah. because you've done side work, now you're like, oh, the business is just doing more it's side just work. Doing, it's just doing side work yeah, every doing day. Doing full-time side work. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it kind of is, yeah. but there's a lot more to it, right? Yeah. Um, otherwise you're going to fall into the traps of what mm -hmm. we talked about earlier. So don't do that. Mm -hmm. um, I think, like for me, I remember thinking doing a million dollar a year business, I didn't know what that looked like. Mm -hmm. Like to me, you, like you got to think you're used to making, I was making $48 an hour at the time mm -hmm. and bringing home like 1500 bucks a week. Mm -hmm. And so that adds up to like 75, 80,000 a year mm -hmm. on my paycheck. And so the thought of, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, a million-dollar yeah. business, I probably got to have like 10 plumbers. Yeah, because you're right? just multiplying yourself. Yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. So million dollars, okay, 10 plumbers, man, that's a big business, mm -hmm. especially if you've never been in business, mm -hmm. right? And it's just a lack of understanding of, of business and yeah. how it works. And then even at that point, you're like, I don't even know 10 plumbers. And if I do, I would only hire four of them or like whatever. Like yeah. you start running through these other calculations that you're like, yeah. there's just no way. Yeah, and I remember running through calculations of like, okay, so if I'm $140 an hour, that's what I'm billing out to the customer, and I have to pay myself $1,500, um, and so I'm going to bill the customer. I remember thinking, there's no way you can bill out eight hours a day. That would be impossible. Mm. So I remember thinking, maybe we can get six. Like if we're, like if we're rocking and rolling and we're doing really good, we could bill out six hours. Mm, sure, yeah, because you knew you weren't going to bill out 100% <clears throat> of every day. Yeah. I just remember, and you can like do the math of what it would take you to get to a million dollar business. And you're like, man, <laughs> this has got to be a big business, right? Yeah, sure. Little did I know, like back then I was calculating that with $140 an hour. Now my business is dang near $600 an hour. We just, we actually just upped our prices. Hopefully nobody in Fairbanks watches this. Ooh, I, <laughs> no. I smell the one stars. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we have a, 
crazy streak of five stars going on is the coolest thing. Makes me happy. Yeah. Um, we jumped up a point on Google, which makes me happy. <sighs> it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Because the one stars hurt, man. Yeah, they I hurt I swear a lot. they weight those more than the five stars. Like the one yeah. stars hold more weight than the four stars that you lost for some reason. I don't know what Google's calculation is there, but it's not like I can do, I've done the math on my thing yeah. and my rating should be higher than it is. Yeah. If all stars were equal. Yeah. If you just had one star <clears throat> equals one point and then you added up all the points yeah. and you divided by the total yeah. reviews. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. No, it's definitely like a one star is like, it's going to, it's going to, curve you pretty hard it hurts you more yes what pisses me off is the four stars the guys who are like or the women or guys whatever they're like this company's so awesome they're the best company in town i'm gonna use them for the rest of my life and sing their praises to all my friends four stars (laughs) and then i mean look lady (laughs) i mean here's the thing i used to okay confession time i used to be a four-star person until we had this conversation yeah because my thing was like, well, not nobody's perfect. There's like, there's a reluctance to give a perfect score. Did because you, you grow up your whole life and like perfect scores are really hard to come by. <clears throat> yeah, and you grow up under a mindset that says there's like, there's there's nobody is perfect. And then instead of taking that as like, yeah, people aren't perfect. I get that, but you can still give somebody five stars because what that means is very <laughs> is very valuable to the person who's asking for it. Yep. So where I really learned it is I was at a car dealership and I was, uh, I didn't, I don't think I bought the vehicle this time. <clears throat> and the guy said, Hey, I'm going to send you a survey. Mm-hmm. Or he's like, he's like, here, take the survey. Um, if you could just give me 10 out of 10, it would really help because if you give me nine out of 10, I'm not going to get a percentage of my commission or a percentage of my whatever. And I was like, Holy crap, this is really meaningful f- to you. Yeah. 10, five, five stars. It is. So now it's like, I'm probably just going to give five stars pretty much on everything. Like I have very little to to gain by giving less than five stars. Yeah. Unless it's there's like something <clears throat> particularly egregious and I really need to like yep. feel like I need to take pick a bone. But even that, I don't think it pans out for me. <laughs> like, because yep. I, I had a really bad experience with a car dealership and I gave a one star. Yeah. And then suddenly... I had even worse service with them and I still needed to communicate with them about that issue. <laughs> and I was like, damn it, if I would have been generous, I probably would have gotten some money back or something, something. So yep. my point is... You reap what you sow. Yeah, don't be a four-star person. Just give them five stars. Just give them five stars. It's- Those are so annoying. So similar story since we have a two-hour podcast. <laughs> um, my fa- So in my apprenticeship program that I went through, they rate you on... There's like four topics... And they rate you one through five, similar mm. to stars. And uh, so my whole apprenticeship, I got these reports. So I'd have to give them to my foreman. He would have to fill them out. And then I would have to send them back in mm-hmm. to the apprenticeship program. Then when I became foreman, I started getting these reports. And I would tell all the apprentices that worked for me, just fill it out. Bring it to me so I can sign it. Yeah. Because I didn't want to fill it out. Mm. <laughs> Whatever. Unless they were like a terrible apprentice. Then I'd be like, now give me that thing. Mm. Like, <laughs> you need some adjustment here. So my father-in-law is also a plumber, and he would fill out the same reports. And one of the things is like personal appearance, and he would rate one star, and he would write doesn't have boobs. <laughs> and I was like, you are not doing this kid any favor. 
<laughs> yeah. You think it's hilarious, but then this is going to weight his score so hard. Yeah. And then no one's probably going to ever look into the reason. No, uh, probably not. It's just going to be like, well, you got a one star in there. Sorry. And yeah. Like, Did you see what he wrote? <laughs> no pay raise for you today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently you don't have boobs. <laughs> That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty funny. So don't be a, don't be a four star or a yeah, one star. That's the moral of that. that moral uh, of the story. That little deviation. Okay. So the problem is guys don't think it's possible. Yeah. To actually grow a million dollar business because they don't understand like how the business works. They yeah. And so like for us, we just raised our rates to, I think 610 mm-hmm. is what we're at. So back when I first calculated the rates at 140, mm-hmm. we're literally almost, we'll say five times that, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I would have calculated it with five times that, I would have needed one fifth of the business size that yeah. I thought I needed to generate the revenue yeah. we generate now, which yeah. is far above one million, right? right? So, it's kind of funny, and it's and it's totally true. Like you think about it, we just did the math. It was ten guys. Well, you could generate a million bucks with two guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could damn near generate a million bucks just as the owner. Yeah, I mean, right? You you have technicians. There's definitely technicians out there who do a million dollars themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like just in sales. <clears throat> now, obviously, at the end of the day, if you're the owner doing that, you're going to have other expenses that are going to, you know, ins- you'd still do it in sales, of course. Yeah. So let's talk about, because I pretty much made, it took me about a year to hit the million dollar mark mm-hmm. from I quit my job, I start my business to I did a million in revenue. Took yeah. me about a year. Mm-hmm. What's crazy is that year, we'll talk about what, what how that looked after that year the next six months we did another 1.8 million oh wow yes yeah, right? so you and, that's, and then yeah. the next year we did five million and then this year we're gonna do five point something million I don't know what yet yeah yeah and that's a good thing to think about too when we're considering like overall trajectory or even health of the business is mm-hmm. like how much did you grow in the last X amount of time like the last yeah. half a year year and everything I would say the rate at which I grew was excessive. Mm. but it there was room in the market for it. Sure. So there's different sure. thoughts on that. Some people say you should only grow so much a year. Um, other people say, you know, have a sense of urgency sure. around your growth. And I think now I would say, like now that we hit 5 million and we kind of, you know, we're in a smaller market, and we've kind of like, we've taken a huge chunk of the market share. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to have a really hard time growing past, you know, five, six million. Mm-hmm. Just because we own so much of the market share already. Right. To take the little bit more, like we're getting less and less available. Right. The more we grow, right? Yeah. Um, and so I'm I'm glad that that happened because it's a it caused us to slow down mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really have to hone in what we're doing. Yeah, so you're saying if you're in a bigger market, you might have continued to grow at that rapid rate, Yep. but you might have not stopped to sort of see, like you might have not stopped to assess the health. Yes. And what can happen is then something is going to break that's going to be really lame to fix when you're yes. at 10 million or whatever. Yep. So in my case, I think we got lucky in the sense that mm-hmm. we set it up to where it could grow to a $5 million company really quickly because mm-hmm. I'll be honest with everybody here. I had no idea what I was doing, right? Yeah. I re- like in that sense, <laughs> yeah. I really lucked out yeah. that we were able to grow to what we did grow and mm-hmm. not completely crumble. Mm-hmm. 
And then I had the opportunity even from there to like take a break, look at it, and go in and start fixing these little yeah. things. Because we've been fixing for a while now. Yeah. Almost two years. Yeah. No. Yeah, two years. We've just been literally just optimizing our process. Mm-hmm. And we've gone, it was crazy, is we've gone from like 17% profits to 23% profits. Just on optimization alone. Just an optimization. Yeah. Same exact business, same exact people, just tweaking mm-hmm. little things here and there. Man, that's, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a pretty big, like, if you could present that, like, as a product, like, mm-hmm. hey, man, I can raise your net profitability by 7%. Yeah, that's like, huge. That's a huge percentage. That's a big chunk of money. Yeah. If you're doing th- $5 million at 7%, yeah. I don't know what that is. 10% would be 500000 Is that right? Here we go with the math again. <laughs> we got to stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Just walk right into it. There's so much. Well, I mean, there's a lot of math in business. I'm going to get a calculator and mount it to I'm going to get you like here. a really big one. Like a so you can like. No, like big buttons, like old guy buttons. Yeah, that'd be cool. Could be our thing. Could be our thing. Let's do the math. Math time. Dude, if anybody who's hung out with me outside of podcast hour, Wednesday podcast hour, and talked about business, they know I always pull out my calculator. Oh yeah, every time. And there's if there's if your laptop is nearby, somebody's gonna get hit with some kind of spreadsheet. Yeah, somebody's gonna get Let's hit. Let's do the math. Yeah, <laughs> with some kind of like, but, let, let me show you my habit tracker or something, something, something. And yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Okay, so going back all the way back, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. We'll just talk about how I got to a million dollars, the steps that I took, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much the steps I would recommend anybody else take. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the steps we kind of, we teach the steps in our course. It's probably improved by now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works. So yeah. easy peasy. Mm-hmm. So day one started my business. Um, let's see, I was kind of lucky cause I'd been in business before. Sure. So I already had my name. It was J rods plumbing and heating. Mm-hmm. I already had a logo. Um, I had taken the wrap off my van, but so I was driving a white van. So I had my van. Um, I had some tools. I had to go invest a bunch of money in tools. Mm-hmm. And let's see. I already had my Google. My business was up. Mm. And I already had like the social media profiles were created, mm-hmm. but I never really used them before. But they were there. But they were there, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the website was there. It wasn't the fanciest website on the planet, but it was there. Did you have a marketing agency <clears throat> at this point? Um, no, no, I wasn't, I didn't have a marketing agency. No, mm-hmm. I had had, I had my brother doing marketing for me in the past, mm-hmm. but that was all shut down. Gotcha. So just the stuff was still there. The, the GMB, the website. Yeah. And I'd never done pay-per-click ads before. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know what GLSA was. Mm-hmm. Um, very minimal social media posts. They were super lame posts too. I would just post pictures of my work. Like a boss. Yeah, like literally like once a month. So there was probably like 12 posts on yeah. my social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. And <clears throat> my GMB was not optimized to any extent. There was mm. no like nice logo picture, or picture of me on there. There were mm. no products. There were no updates. None of that. Gotcha. I didn't even know that stuff yet. So started... Um, spent a bunch of money on stuff on my credit card. So first thing I did was, if you don't have a van, you need to go buy a van. 
I had a band. I bought it the last time I went into business, mm-hmm. um, which was scary as I'll get out to buy a van. It's a huge expense. Yeah. Especially from your context where you were not, you're not somebody who's like, I'm going to go put a huge expense. I'm going to go into debt and buy a huge 60000 or however many dollars it yes. costs at the time sort yep. of liability. Yep. Exactly. So I bought the van <clears throat> the last time, had the van payment still, um, put like nine or 10 grand on my credit card, had to buy a bunch of tools, had to hire a marketing company, um, started getting all of the marketing stuff, the back end stuff up and running, mm-hmm. started building out a pay-per-click campaign, um, started running some... I think that's the first thing we started doing. We started redoing the website under the J Rods. Mm-hmm. Um, under it was funny because we did it twice. Like we had the old logo, and then we redid it mm-hmm. for a new logo, mm-hmm. and then we redid it again. And we never ended up launching either of the websites. I don't mm-hmm. think we just spent time redoing them for some dumb reason. <laughs> Sounded um, exciting. Yeah. So. The way I was able to get the first little bit of work is I just went on Facebook. I went to my mom's profile. Mm -hmm. I clicked on her friends, and I just started adding friends to Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then I went to my Facebook profile, and I wrote, I I started my business. Um, If anybody needs any good quality plumbing and heating work done, give me a call at, or call or text me at, you know, my phone number. Mm -hmm. 907-322-5763. 907-322-5763. That was my phone number then. It's not now. Ah, if you call that, it. you're going to get my business. Um, <clears throat> and let's see. Then I went on Craigslist because there was a buddy of ours, Chase Edstrom. Mm-hmm. He has Edstrom Construction. Mm-hmm. And like he'd been pretty successful by yeah. then. And I was like, damn, yeah. Chase is young. He's being successful. He's, He's doing it. I saw mm-hmm. he was posting on Craigslist. And I was like, I'm going to copy him. And I'm going to mm-hmm. put a post on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. And so I started, I think like every couple of days I'd have to post to keep mine up top. Yeah. I think there was a small fee for running an ad. Um, and it was basically in like the help wanted section mm-hmm. or the, what? it's not help wanted. What do they have? They have like Dude, professional gonna, services yeah. or something like that. I've been on Craigslist in a long time. Me neither. But you can go there and you can post an ad. So I started getting calls from my mom's friends, which is cool. Mm-hmm. My, um, so I kept doing that every day. Mm. Facebook limits how many people, how many friends you can add a day. So every day I would go add some of my mom's friends. Once I added all my mom's friends, I started doing my dad's. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing like my brother's. And then I started doing their friend's friends or my aunt's friends or my Mm -hmm. uncle's friends. Mm -hmm. And I would call my mom and my dad and my brother and I would say, can you, I just made a post on Facebook saying I started my business. Can Mm -hmm. you go share that to your profile? Sure. Right. So then they would, Hopefully see it on mine, hopefully see it on my mom's, hopefully see it on my dad's, and hopefully then go, oh, Jared started his business. I remembered it Mm because I saw it a bunch of times, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I started to get phone calls. So that first week, I didn't get anything, nothing. Week two, I got a call from um, one of my friends, Carter Adcock, cool guy. He saw my post. Probably, I think he saw the post that my mom shared and he had a friend that he worked with. He was a nurse mm-hmm. that needed a new boiler that happened mm-hmm. to ask him because he was in construction before he mm-hmm. came a nurse, said, who do I call to put my boiler in? And he goes, oh, my buddy Jared just 
just opened started his business. His business. He can do a thing. You should give him a call. Mm-hmm. Here's his phone number. So they called me. Um, it was like a Monday or t- probably a Monday. Went out to the house, looked at their work, gave them a bid, got a $14,000 boiler install job. Mm-hmm. Was not enough money for a boiler install job. But you felt like a baller. I felt like a baller. It was a lot of work. So um, I literally just started like the very next day working on that boiler. Did 14K worth of work. I probably spent like 10K or 11K in parts and ended with two or 3K, two or 3,000 bucks in the bank account. Week two, I was like, sweet. Like, dang, I got this. <clears throat> I got this nut cracked. Yep. And then I started getting calls from the Craigslist ads, realized the Craigslist ads produce really cheap customers. And so I just had to know that going in. Mm. And I would just give them a, I was still cheap at this time and I was getting haggled on price. Yeah. Right. So I was still 140 an hour at this time. And they would haggle me on price. And I knew they were going to haggle me. So I would just, I would, I think I would hold my ground um, and then I'd say, I'll tell you what, you seem like a nice guy. What if I do it for this much, right? And then they, okay, okay, sounds good. <laughs> they just like the haggle. They do. They're just, they want stuff cheap. It's cra- mm-hmm. They're on Craigslist, for yep. goodness sake. Looking yeah, looking for, for services, yeah. yeah. Instead of using Google or anything Who else. Who does that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go on Craigslist. Yeah, because I can get them cheaper. Yeah. That's exactly what they're thinking. Exactly, yeah. But it was work. Um yeah. It was money in the bank. Sometimes I'd go and I'd use a half inch 90 and a little bit of gas and I could get a hundred bucks out of the deal. Mm-hmm. So it was money, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and some money is better than no money. Yeah, like if true. I didn't do anything all day, I didn't have any, I didn't make yeah. any money. Yep. So I'd rather go make as what money I could. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept doing the Facebook thing and honestly, the Facebook thing kept me the busiest for kept me busy for the whole month. That first month, I think I did 40, 40 grand in work. Oh, wow. Even just, at even at 140 bucks an hour? Yeah. 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 Dang. I did yeah. 40K in work. You were real busy. Kept me really busy. I landed a couple of good ones. Like I landed the boiler. That was sure, 14. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I landed a, uh, like installing a new water line. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that was, I want to say that was like, I want to say it was like 18 grand. Mm-hmm. I had to hire somebody to come dig the water lines up mm-hmm. and patch the road. Um, that lady was cool too. Um, but yeah, I landed some good ones. <clears throat> so I made some money. I ended up in profit. I made probably, I think I made just enough to pay off my cards and maybe have a little bit left over. Yeah, gotcha. Because right? expenses were low at that time. Yep. Then I realized, okay, this is this doesn't work. You had a bookkeeper, right? I had a bookkeeper. Yeah. And you knew that from your two previous times of starting up your business, like I should have a bookkeeper. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I, when I started back up, I just called my bookkeeper. Yeah. I think I got a new bookkeeper that, that yeah. time though. The same bookkeeper I have now. Yeah. Because I didn't like my last one. Mm-hmm. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <That's okay. clears throat> she was a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> nope. I'm staying out of this one. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So I, I had a bookkeeper and I knew like, like, I didn't know how to look at a P&L. Sure. But I knew from being in business before, I'd be in business for an entire year. And I knew that like it, the last time I was in business for a, for a year and I made $66,000 total, like take home. And I my total package like at work, mm. if you included like all the retirement and healthcare and all of that stuff, it was like 155000 Yeah. So you looking at your... 
earnings of 66 with no yeah. package benefits for like, so I made, I made less money than I would have on the check. Plus I didn't have all these benefits. Yeah. And so I knew that if I was going to hire somebody mm. that this math was not mathing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it, I knew it like there's got to be something else to this. Started digging into best practices, mm. all that kind of stuff. Um, got an hourly rate calculator. Mm-hmm. Started charging more. Mm-hmm. Like I went from 140 to 259. <clears throat> started charging 259, and um, the marketing started to catch on. Mm. The I kept I continued to add friends on Facebook for I did that for a good like eight months. Yeah, I would just go on Facebook. I would add friends. I would post on my Facebook. Once I started posting on my company's social medias, mm-hmm. then I would post there and then share it to my personal page, mm-hmm. and then call my mom and call my dad and call my brother and be like, mm-hmm. share my stuff. Yeah, um, to get work. Mm-hmm. So I did that. Let's see for three months. So month one, I made 40K. Month, the next month, I was 259. And I don't remember what I did that month, mm-hmm. but I was super sure. busy mm-hmm. and I was working nonstop. Um, and I was good at selling work. I sold every single job. Yeah. I didn't let, there was not a job that mm. went without You're selling very precise. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm influential. I'm influential. Yeah. As you know. <laughs> ah, m- maybe. Okay. That's another argument. Um, so third month, by the end of the third month, I had done $380,000 in revenue. So I did 40 the first month. What does that put me at? Like another 240 for the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. So I was doing, what is that? 120K a month? Yeah, that's a on lot. On my own. That's a lot. <laughs> at 259 <laughs> yeah. per hour, right? Yeah, so you're selling every job and you had a sprinkling of larger jobs in there as well? There was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I landed a couple good like boiler install jobs, yeah. water line replacement jobs. Um, I did one remodel job mm-hmm. that was a big, it was a small house, but I but I got a lot of money out of that job. Were I did you, really well. Were you, um, was I, this third time when, when I would help you with that one guy's house, that really big house? Was it this time that you were in business or was that a previous time? That, nope. was, that was this time. Yeah. Yep. I was plumbing that giant house. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That ended up just taking up way too much time for not enough money. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, and I also did a lot of uh, boiler stack replacements mm. that I didn't actually do. I just subbed them out. Gotcha. And then doubled the price mm-hmm. and just made money. Yeah. So that was a good one for me. Mm-hmm. I made a lot of money doing that. Mm-hmm. I'd be at a boiler, the stack would be rotten, and I'd say, hey, sure. Well, we should probably get this replaced because mm-hmm. it's going to fall apart and cause a fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Want me to call my guy in? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I would give him a price. I would call the guy and say, hey, this is so many feet. It's this size, no offsets, or mm-hmm. there's offsets. It's two story, single story, whatever. Mm-hmm. He'd give me a price over the phone. I would double it. I'd go to the customer. If he was five grand, I'd say, we can do it for 10. Mm-hmm. And they'd say, sweet, get it done. Mm. And I'd be like, come get it done. Yeah. And then he would get it done, and I would bill him the ten grand and pay him his five, and I'm five grand yeah, ahead. And there you I, go. Took me like an hour, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So there, a lot of that helped out quite a bit, mm-hmm. which is actually a, a good lesson learned. Like I didn't think that was possible. Sure, like that little scenario that yeah. you just painted right there. My old self would have said, "Oh, here, call my stack guy." Yeah, right. Um, and I would have mm. felt bad about calling the stack guy and doubling the price. 
and charging the customer for that. Yeah. But what I realized is the customer doesn't want to call the stack guy. Yeah, because if, if the customer would have called the <clears throat> stack guy, what would it look like for the customer? They would have had to pick up the phone, have a conversation with the stack guy that they know nothing about. The stack guy would have been like, what size is it? How long is it? How, would the stack guy it, have to come out there? And like book stack guy would have to come out mm-hmm. look at it. So we have to have a whole other interaction with another contractor. Yep. That they don't want to have. Yeah. Right? Especially because you're already there in the house. Yep. They they already took out time from their life to yep. be there with you. Yep. Yeah. All they want you to do is say, oh, yeah, I can take care of this. Yeah. They don't really care what that means or what that looks like. No. Just so long as it gets done. Yes. They don't care. Mm-hmm. So once I realized that, I was like, oh, you, do you want me to just take care of this for you? They were like, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. And I'd call the stack guy and get him a price. and. Mm-hmm. The only interaction they would have to have is stack guy would call them and say, hey, what's a good time for me to come over and get this stack replaced? Sure, yep. And mm-hmm. they would set up a time, and then they were done. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. <clears throat> so worked out good for me. We still do that to this day with our with the same stack guy. Yeah, cool. Um, it's worked out really good for him. It has. Mm-hmm. It really has. And he learned that he can do that with other contractors yeah. as well. Yeah. So it actually like really made his business a lot better. Yeah. That's like, that's like similar to Eric's business where he just has so many ins with contractors to go do patches Yep, because they don't want to do it. And then I just have the guy come in and then he just says, I'm busy. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, so yeah, so year one, 80 grand, I think we'd end with 380,000 revenue and I did, I put away 80, 80 or 90,000 on the third month third month yeah i want to say third it could have been four sure something in there i've told this story a million times and i'm gonna go back and listen to it was and <laughs> see where we're and really it was at. a long time ago so i'm telling you to the best of my ability to yeah. remember it yeah. okay it could be slightly different mm-hmm. okay it's the it's the the things in the story that count not yeah. the numbers okay yeah. i was able to put away 80 90k ish, probably 80k. Mm-hmm. We'll stick with 80k. Can I ask a question real quick? Yeah, because this whole time, like, what is motivating you to to do this? I hate plumbing <laughs> with a passion. <laughs> like, it's not that I hate plumbing. I was just so you got to remember, like, so I started plumbing right out of high school, mm-hmm. and so at this point, I'm like 34, 35, mm-hmm. 30, yeah, 34, <laughs> yeah, maybe. 34, 35, somewhere in there. Yeah. I don't quite remember. Um, again, it's math in my yeah. head that yeah. I want to do. And dates and time. Yeah. And- so I'm 34. I've been plumbing for 16 years, right? Right out of high school. Even my last year of high school, I worked for a plumbing company driving parts around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've been in plumbing, doing plumbing, and it's just getting old. Your father-in-law is a plumber. Father-in-law is so a plumber. You've been sort you of want- like either in plumbing or plumbing adjacent. He wants to talk about plumbing on the weekends. Mm. You know, That's his only connection with you. He's just trying to, you know, I know. make a connection. I know. But so I'm just tired of plumbing and I just want to stop plumbing. And, yeah. I, and I'd known that for a long time. Yeah. And also, you also tried to do other businesses. Yeah. Like always. You were always like, I remember we'd have what conversations. You're do? like, I'm going to try to do something. I'm going to make snowboards. I'm going to do this. Like, yeah. Whatever. You're just trying to do something that wasn't plumbing. I just plumbing. didn't want to do plumbing. Yeah. What I didn't realize is that I had to do more plumbing so that I could stop doing plumbing. Yeah. 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 That was, And then finally I was like, you know, oh, I could start a business. And then, mm-hmm. and my original thought was honestly, if I just grow it to three trucks out in the field, mm-hmm. 
then I can stop plumbing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so I can a, just yeah. be in the office managing the three guys. Yeah, so it's a similar um, perspective that guys have of, if I just get to this point, it'll be good. Yeah. Even though that that point isn't really baked into reality in any way, it's just this idea of like, it's kind of funny, right? Where we're like, if I hit that milestone, it'll work out. When it's like, well, you have no idea what that milestone even means. Yeah. There's just numbers in your head based upon what you think you know. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to get out of the truck. Mm -hmm. This is it. I just wanted to be not actually physically plumbing anymore because it was deathly boring to me. Mm. <laughs> I'd done too much of it. I'd put too many water heaters in. I'd put, installed too much pipe. I'd cut mm -hmm. too much Unistrat. Mm -hmm. I'd soldered too many solder joints. Mm -hmm. It was getting old. So I was very motivated, <laughs> mm -hmm. to say the least, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Let's see, at that point in time, so I'm three months in, I hired my first employee the very tail end of month three. It was mm -hmm. like right before Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, and he basically didn't start working until... You hired my wife before that, right? I did. I hired your wife like month two. Yeah. Yeah. Hired your wife to answer my phones because it was becoming a problem for me. Yeah. I remember I was up at... I was at a job that didn't have cell reception. Mm. And... This is when I was like, man, I needed somebody to answer my phones. Yeah. I was at a job without cell reception, got back into cell reception, and I had like seven voicemails. And I remember looking at my phone being like, I do not want to call these people back. It was yeah, one of my, le one of my yeah. least favorite parts <laughs> was talking to people on the phone. Yeah. And I was like, I, I need to hire somebody to answer my phone. So I did. Hired your wife. It's the best freaking thing I've ever to this I, day. I think you called me and you said, hey, do you think your wife wants to work? She hadn't been working for a little bit. Yeah. And she was kind of getting kind of bored. Yeah. And she's like, I was like, maybe. I was like, yeah, probably. And then she was What's like. What's funny is yeah, I didn't know you yeah. guys very well then. Mm. And I really didn't know your wife. Yeah, that's true. You really yeah. didn't. No, no clue. I think, were we even doing home church at that point? I think we had just started. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Now that I'm thinking back on it, just that, that whole season of life. Because I think... Anyways, we don't have that doesn't it's not really important to this conversation, yeah. but but yeah, we you just knew that I had a wife and she wasn't working. That's yeah. pretty much what you knew. Yeah, and I was like, I need some nice lady to answer my phones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you were and you were probably like, well, Joel seems like a decent enough guy. His wife could probably work. I knew you good enough to know you were a decent enough guy. Yeah, um, maybe have a wife who'd be down to work. And then I didn't know like how to hire people. Sure, yeah, I didn't sure. know. I didn't know mm -hmm. how to like put out a job ad and mm -hmm. conduct interviews. And I didn't have time to do that. Yeah. Like I didn't, that sounded horrible. <laughs> and so bit like success in business, like my success in business. Yes. I made some good decisions. Yes. We did things very well, mm. but then there's also a little bit of luck, right? Sure. I was very lucky that your wife picked up the phone mm. and was good at it. Well, hold on. Let's, because there's, there's something else in here too, because the way in which we live in the world, and what I mean is like, if you're trying to like become a better person, mm -hmm. you're going to attract certain people who are also value aligned with that. Yep. So it's like, I would say that you got into business for yourself this time, but because you did really good work, you had lots of people who said, I would love for Jared to come do work for me. Mm -hmm. And you were able to land those bigger <clears throat> jobs because you could demonstrate enough prowess and just confidence that you could definitely do that bigger job. Yeah. And then, you know, we were friends because we were both like, oh yeah, like you seem like a normal dude. Like yep. you seem like you want to do things. Yep. And then 
so it's like, yeah, there's like a little bit of a luck in there, but there's a lot. Like if you like are trying to improve yourself as a human yep. and you're trying to push forward, you're going to naturally just want to be around people who are doing the same thing. True. And then those people you're going to look at and be like, oh yeah, well, maybe I have opportunity for these people or I need help from these people. Uh-huh. You're just going to ask those people to do things. So yeah, definitely like luck involved, but there's also something to be said, like if you're in your current job and you're having trouble hiring technicians, yep. but you can look at yourself and you're like, okay, well, I have anger problems. Um, I don't really have any good relationships. There's True. something to be said about like, okay, you should begin to refine your character because that eventually is going to, it's going to keep, it's going to, you're not going to be able to grow very far. No, you're right. And to that, like, had I hired your wife and then a pa- been a pain in the ass to work for, her, mm. yeah, my true. luck would have fallen very short because she would have quit <laughs> immediately. Yeah, right. Because her like her current job <laughs> history was just quitting because her previous boss was a pain in the ass to work for. Her. Yeah, and like there she was, was like, like screw this. Yeah, there's not negotiable. I don't need this. Yeah, like I'm good. Yeah, see ya. Yeah, but since you proved to be the opposite, yeah, then now you have you ended up with an employee who had incredible buy-in. Who was just down to do a good job and solve the problems. I didn't even know it at the time. No. And you didn't even know that that's actually what you really wanted. You were just like, somebody needs to answer my phone. Answer my phone. Yeah. So I really, I'll just continue to say I lucked out. She came on board, started answering my phones, started running my schedule. And at that time, I didn't have a way to build customers on site either. So she started just calling them when I was done and getting payment. Yeah. So I was like... Mm. That's it was huge. Huge, like just relief in my head. Mm. I didn't have to do the thing that I hated the most, which was just calling the customer. <laughs> so now all I had to do was open my, we used Trello to figure out what we were doing. I'd open my Trello and I'd go, this is where I'm going. And I text the customer, hey, I'm on my way. Mm-hmm. Go to the job, do the work, and then split and go to the next one. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like huge. It's the only reason I was able to do so much revenue. Yeah, yeah, because you could just focus on the main thing. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. Um, I think somewhere in there, I started taking the payments because we started realizing if I don't get the payment, it's harder to get paid. Yeah. And so for cash flow reasons, I got to collect all the money I possibly can yep. on site as soon as I'm done. So we started doing that. And somewhere in there, we started doing 50% down payments on the bigger jobs yeah. as well. You you probably got burned once or yeah. like Ayla was like, yeah, I can't collect from these people or something like that yeah. to where you're like, we got to fix this. Yeah. Like you saw the problem. You're like, we can do something about this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Mm-hmm. So your wife's on board. She's running the schedule. She's doing all this stuff. I hired first employee January 1st-ish, mm-hmm. um, month number four. Mm-hmm. And he started and he was not quite qualified. Like he wasn't a service guy, so he didn't know a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And I threw him to the wolves, <clears throat> and he had to go out and just learn by trial and error. Mm-hmm. He's one of my best guys now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, he started producing revenue, Yeah, which was cool. Um, and we were still using the exact same system. So we were running the schedule on Trello. It was free, so we didn't have a software expense. Mm-hmm. And then... We were collecting with a QuickBooks app. We mm-hmm. would write the the invoice on QuickBooks and then collect payment on QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. So he had an app on his phone. I had an app on my phone. And that's how we rolled. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that lasted about a month and we were getting busy. Mm-hmm. So in that time, I'd bought another van mm-hmm. and then we hired guy number two. 
Mm. He came on board. Let's see. He came on board. He had to, he spent a week just like finishing out his van. Man, I'm trying to remember if that's right. I believe so. Yeah, he had to build his own shelves. I remember in there building yeah. shelves because we couldn't buy shelves because we're in Alaska. Nobody else showed up there. So yeah. we had to build our own shelves, still do to this day. So he built his own shelves, got his van ready, got it all stocked. And he was skilled yeah. so he could go do technical work. Um, <clears throat> and he's still one of my best employees, still yeah. works for us to this day. But let's see. He was really a blessing because this is another area where I got lucky because mm. he came in and he's like a ball, like a bull in a china shop. Yeah. So he made some mistakes, but he understood his parents owned a restaurant in New York. Mm. So he understood like as an employee, I need to come in here and work hard mm, and sure. produce revenue. Yeah. Like he got it. Mm -hmm. And so he just got in and went to work and just produced revenue. Right. And he still does it to this day. Yeah. And it was the exact thing that I needed at that time mm. was somebody who came in and just produced revenue. Yeah. And the fact that he just came in and did that and I didn't have to say a word was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it go like if you can hire a quality person, mm. like the better the quality the first few guys you hire. Sure, yeah, yeah, that's And by be huge. quality, I mean they come in, they do their job, they don't complain, and they produce, Yeah, right? <clears throat> yeah. It's going to be... That's a, a good list. <laughs> it's going to be a huge benefit to you, the business owner. Yeah. Um. So he was there for a month, so we're on month five, end of month five, and we hired employee number three probably in the beginning of month six. Um, he was... Working with employee number two, mm -hmm. he still works for us this, to this day as well. And he his he has the ability to fix anything. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, we had a team of guy A, who was okay, or guy one, who was okay at the time, mm -hmm. but produced enough revenue. Ayla put him on a lot of drain cleans. A lot of drain cleans and lower skilled jobs until he was able to mm -hmm. raise his skills. Guy number two, pushing to produce revenue, and then guy number three who could literally, we could send him to any job on the planet. Didn't matter what it was. It could be a spaceship from Mars. <laughs> he would fix the thing, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So we, ha we had a good, it was... Yeah, you had like the ideal crew set up. It was a good little mix Pretty of guys, close. right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, and they were all super cool dudes, all willing to come to work every day, all willing to go do whatever I wanted mm -hmm. them to do. It was cool. Um. And so by the end of month six, we had done, I want to say we'd done a million in revenue. Like, so from, we did, th I did 380 by myself, yeah. and then we did another, whatever that is, math again, 620 mm -hmm. in the next three months. Mm -hmm. So you can do the math there, like, so, and I'm still working this whole time, Yep. except Every time I got to try to push the business forward or hire another guy or go get another van, sure. I can't produce revenue. Yep. So I produced way less revenue the next three months. Mm -hmm. And it was really just those two guys and um, that sick, that third guy that last month yeah. that produced all that revenue. Right? Yeah. Um, and that's how we went to a million dollars in one year. It was 
Like, it's not that complicated, right? Yeah, we hired sure. a marketing company. Mm-hmm. I got on social media, raised my prices, started charging flat rate, mm-hmm. so giving a price mm-hmm. before doing the work. Um, hired three guys, bought three vans. That was it. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there, I think, so like February, we rebranded to the new branding, to Prospector. Yeah, gotcha. So February, um, we launched the new website. I think we finally got on Google local service ads, mm. started running some Facebook ads, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, that was it. Mm. Easy peasy. Like anybody could do that. Yeah. It it was just work and pushing. That was it. Yeah. And being willing to... So like I put away 80K... Sure. But by the time we got to where we did a million dollars in revenue, uh, I think I had like twenty five grand left. Yeah. So I spent a mm. bunch of the money that I put away, plus I spent all the money that we'd made. And in reality, those we could have hit a million faster because I was still underpriced. Yeah. Yeah. You were so very we, much underpriced. We weren't making the now, margins we should have been. When you ran that calculator, did it? Did you just choose? Did you one? Did you run it incorrectly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I made the mistakes that everybody makes. Yeah. Sure. Like it. Like anybody watching this on YouTube, go to the comments, or go to the description of this video, or any of our longer videos. Mm-hmm. Grab the pricing calculator, fill it out. You're gonna make the mistake of, of. I don't know. It's like it's it's lying to yourself. Sure, it really is because mm-hmm. you're uncomfortable with the result that the calculator spit. So out. you start to go, I can knock some expenses <clears throat> off to get this number lower. Yeah, I don't need to pay myself this much. Or, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I don't. I don't need to provide insurance for my guys. Yeah. Or, or I can have my wife's mom do the books, and then I don't need a bookkeeper. Right. Or, or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, just like we were two fifty nine, I think. Throughout that whole time, we may have gone closer to three hundred mm-hmm. by the towards the end of that six month mark, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Mass still massively underpriced, just didn't realize it. Yeah, and I didn't want to come to grips with with what my calculator was telling me, right? And so you knew sort of what it was telling you, and like in the back of your head, did you have like an instinct, like a voice that was like, Jared, you're not really doing it quite as right as you should be. Uh. No, not really, because I was pushing forward so hard. Yeah, sure. And I, it, it would have been so much easier, too, if I was charging the right amount. Yeah. We could have done less work, made more money, and I the cash flow would have been so much better. Yeah, you would have a lot, you <clears throat> would have had a lot more security. Yes. Mm-hmm. Instead, I, I invested all of my money and I'm down to a very small amount for having three guys out in the field. A very small cushion. Very small cushion, and, and it started to worry me. So the good part was we got there so fast. Mm. Once the three guys were out, I was able to pull out of the field Mm -hmm. and then start. I went back into my calculator and I was like, you know what? Hmm. I'm not charging enough. Um, And so it was a slow process for me to like start being more honest with myself. Mm. So I think Hmm. at that point Hmm. we went to 325 shortly Mm -hmm. after um, guy number three and then we just it over the next probably six months we went from three twenty five to five ninety eight. Oh wow! So basically, what happened? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And you 
did you experience any customer pushback of your prices at any time where you raised them? From day one all the way until today. But <laughs> it's like... Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. The amount of price pushback we got at $140 an hour and $259 an hour, mm-hmm. we get the same amount of it now at $598 an hour, mm-hmm. right? The people who care about the price are the ones who push back. They're the ones, always going to push. The ones who are going to push back are the ones who push back. It doesn't matter what the price is. Yeah, true. Right? Because they don't... Nobody wants to spend money on plumbing. Like, you've never once thought, man, I got this extra cash. Can I spend it on plumbing? Yeah. No. You don't want to do that. Yeah. You want to spend it on cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Vacations. Mm-hmm. New clothes. Something, cars. Something that obviously benefits me. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Come on. <laughs> like there's there's people out there that are willing to invest good money into their home because they mm-hmm. recognize it's like their greatest asset and they mm-hmm. want it to be, mm-hmm. you know, something that lasts and right. they want quality installs done. And those are the kind of people you want to do work for. Right. Those are the kind of people who don't push back on price. Right. right? It's when they recognize that you are gonna come to their house, do a quality job, and be easy to deal with sure. as a contractor. Sure. Um, and you're going to warranty your work, then they're willing to pay you good money to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the people who look at their plumbing, they're like, I need to get this fixed as cheap as possible. Yeah. Those are the ones who push back on the price and they push back on the price no matter what the price is. Yes. It literally doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. And it's probably the same type of people who really struggle <clears throat> with just paying for anything. Yeah. Because, like, and we all, we know those people and we've probably all been to those people to some extent of just like, dude, I'm not paying. Everything is too expensive. Yeah. Like that. Why is that coffee so much? Or why is this so much? And all this where it's always sort of just this looking at the world through stuff is unaffordable. Yep. I'm going to kind of complain about how unaffordable it is so that when you get to something like plumbing or whatever, it's just a natural position that you take. Yep. Yep. All sorts of, like, <clears throat> we put out this TikTok reel about uh, me reacting to this lady. She She's mad because the plumber charged her 300 bucks. He was there for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. right? And she's like, oh, my gosh, what a ripoff. Um, and it's funny because I responded to it of like, Think of all the expenses this plumber has. Right. And then think about the actual time he had into your call. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was only on site for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. but he had to take your phone call. He had to put you on the schedule. He mm-hmm. had to drive to your house. He had to talk to you about your problems. And then he spent 15 minutes under your sink fixing it. And he's got all these bills over here. Right. And he has to cover all those bills in that time that he spent on your job. Yeah. What would you expect him <clears throat> to do? Exactly. Um, it's so funny how many people just comment three hundred for fifteen rip off. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's just from, cracks it's just, me up. It's just out of a complete just ignorance of like the situation. Total total ignorance. Yep. It's just they like, ha- you just don't know. What's funny about that is that same person who complains about the price of this contractor, and then calls another contractor the next time, mm-hmm. who's got the old crusty white van who isn't charging enough, who can't pay employees well, who probably isn't making enough money himself. Mm -hmm. And as a result, his employees struggle, his family struggles, his business struggles. That same person 
calls them and they're okay supporting that, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they're the same people who are going, we need to raise minimum wage. Right. We need to, like, everybody needs to make a livable wage. Mm -hmm. Um we we need the government to cover, to pay for everything but yet they don't want to take their own dollar right and go support a business that is already doing that right yeah they're unwilling to do that mm -hmm. but yet they want to make it a law to raise minimum wage and they don't mm. and i don't know what they're thinking like what do they think is going to happen when minimum wage goes up look at mcdonald's mm -hmm. instead they mm, had two sure. options sure they could make their cheeseburgers cost more where they could get rid of employees. I went to a McDonald's in Chicago. There were, there were literally, there was nobody to take your order. Mm -hmm. It was kiosks. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Kiosks are cheap, man. Kiosks are cheap. The employees cost too much money now that mm -hmm. minimum wage is whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So they went to kiosks. How's that working out? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be working out very well. Right. <clears throat> so the same person that wants McDonald's to pay more for their you know, employees... Mm. Um, pro would probably say, yeah, plumbers should pay their, you know, they're they're charging a lot of money. They should pay their employees well. Right. They they won't go support a business that's actually paying their plumbers well. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think it's weird because there's like this disconnect when it comes to like anything that needs to be fixed in your house because again, it's not like a fun purchase. No, like it's not, it's not like a, oh man, I'm so excited to get this. <clears throat> like something repaired that's invisible that I might not really know the benefits of it running really well, but I'll yep. certainly know if it doesn't run well. Yep. Like, you know, like, oh, my thing, my toilet works better because I got a new one. Yep. I'm not going to be like, this is great. I feel, I sleep, like maybe I would sleep better at night, but I'm not like, I'm really excited about this. So it's harder to translate the value in there than to like, I'm going on vacation. Yep. And I'm going to go to an expensive hotel because I like supporting expensive hotels and yep. good paid, you know, well-paid employee staff. Yep. There's just a disconnect there yep. where it's just like, dude, you're still supporting a business and you still want quality stuff. Yeah. And here's the thing is like, if all the homeowners could come to grips with, when I call an expensive plumber, I'm supporting a good business, right? Yeah. <clears throat> you're not supporting like a capitalist, like... I don't know, yeah. whatever the caricature is. Yeah, whatever. Um, if they would actually do that, like their argument would be, well, there's people who just can't afford it. And there is. Sure. But if everybody who could afford it went and hired somebody who actually ran a good business, those businesses would then go help out the people who can't afford it. Mm, sure. We do it mm -hmm. all the time in my business. We go to a house. It's a single mom. She's got kids. Mm, sure. She can't afford it. We work with her on the price. Mm -hmm. We will lower that all the way down to cost. Mm -hmm. We have a fund. We put so much money in every year just to help people out. Right. Right? But if you're not willing to support that, where do, where do those funds come from? <laughs> no, they just don't exist. Yeah. They don't. Or they cut into <clears throat> the paychecks of the people you're that you you have hired. Right, yeah. I had my general manager on the podcast and, and his father-in-law is a prime example mm -hmm. of he would still try to help those people out because he's a good dude, mm -hmm. and but he wasn't charging enough mm. in his business. Mm -hmm. And he ended up having to shut down his business. Now who's helping those people out? Right. Nobody. Right. Right. And if you have a good business and you <clears throat> get shut down, and which is like sad because it's like, a, again, a lot of times the guys I talk to, they're, genuine, honest, good dudes uh -huh. who own plumbing businesses. Uh -huh. 
And we need more genuine, honest, good dudes who own businesses in general yeah. to know how to run businesses well yeah. so that they can provide good opportunities to people who just want to go to work for somebody who doesn't suck. Yeah. And they want to work at a place that gives them consistent paycheck and yep. expected work <clears throat> in an environment that, like I said, doesn't suck. Yeah, and the, on and the only way to do that is to charge good money for your services. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's, yeah, it's the there's not only really any way. way. There's no way around it. Yeah, and if you can get over that one hump of mm -hmm. just charging more for your work, it's a win for so many people. Mm -hmm. It's a win for you. It's a win for your family. It's a win for your employees. It ends up being a win for your customers. Yes, they're paying more, but they're getting a way better service. Right. And it's a win when you go to somebody's house and they literally just can't afford your service and you can afford to help them out. Yeah, because you are profitable. Because you're profitable. Because you run a good business. Yep, right? and you're knowledgeable about when and when you're not profitable. So you know, oh, I can help you out. Yeah. Look it, because I know how far down I can go. I know how yeah. we can spread this out or however you need to. Yeah. So you know what you're doing. It's not just like you're hoping it'll work. It's a win for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. So charge enough. Because mm. if you're not, you're doing a disservice to everybody. Especially within the trade itself. You're, Yeah. Like, especially. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're doing a disservice to yourself because you're not making money. You're doing a disservice to your family because you're not making money. Mm -hmm. You're doing a disservice to your employees because you can't pay them well. You can't give them good benefits. Mm -hmm. It makes it so that you can't even serve your customer very well mm -hmm. because you're not actually making enough money to slow down and serve mm -hmm. them well. Mm -hmm. And then you can't give back to the community because you're not making money. Sure. And then you devalue plumbers across the nation. Right. The only reason a homeowner thinks that they can call a cheaper plumber is because they can. Mm -hmm. If they couldn't, the value of plumbers would go through the roof. Right. The reason we have a trade shortage right now mm -hmm. is because trades have been devalued to a point mm -hmm. where most employers aren't paying their employees enough right. to attract them into the trades. Mm -hmm. There's like... I don't know why you would go be a plumber right now. Yeah, if you can't, if if I can go make more money like doing software and coding, sitting yeah. in my house and yeah. typing and listening to music. Yeah. And like, obviously the hard work that comes with that in a different way. Yeah. Why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. Like, why not? Why would I go to trade school when I could go do this and wake, make way more money and have, and have a top end that <clears throat> is like tied only to my time and ability? Yep. We're like, like I'll watch like on the social medias and it'll be like, what are plumbers making? And it's like, they're making on average like a hundred K per year. And it's like, dog, that ain't that much. No. Like a hundred K like nowadays, like if you're single, yeah, sure. That can work. But yep. like once you start to get a couple family members, like a hundred K is not going to take you all the way to retirement. hundred nope. K. If you've got a hundred, if you're making a hundred K and you've got a vehicle payment and a couple of kids you got to feed and a house. You can barely afford a house. Yeah. The second you get that house, you have no money left over. Yeah, and then now you're going to be skimping into like, well, I guess we'll just buy cheap, crappy food. Yeah. <laughs> and like... Now your family's not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we're saying is <clears throat> there is way more reason to charge what you need to charge to run a good business. Uh -huh. And again, like the, the thing about plumbing is it's already expensive, and so it's not like you're just going out there being like, well, we got to make more money. Let's just raise the prices. You're like, it's right. already expensive. Everybody's just undercharging. Yeah. Like there is like a bubble of <clears throat> undercharging that's existed for a couple decades. And it's only gotten worse. Yeah. It's gotten worse in the last three years because 
the mm. rate of inflation. Yeah, sure. But nobody, because since, again, since everybody is one, afraid to raise their prices, or yep. they just don't view their prices as a thing to be raised because it's right. governed by the local area rate. Yep. And so you're going to raise your prices when everybody else raises their prices. Right. Like you sit down and have a, a talk about this because nobody does that. But no. that's like the, ex, like, oh, I heard that all these businesses raise their prices. I yep. guess it's my turn. <clears throat> and so then why would you raise your prices? It's like a thing that, you're not allowed to do, or it's weird to do. Right. Because I'll even talk to guys, and they're like, oh, I just raised my prices from 150 to 175. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they're like, yeah, I feel good about it. And I'm like... <laughs> why didn't you do that earlier? Yeah, like what... Like, and <laughs> I would also want to know, like, why 175? Yeah, like, what? why specifically this? And like, is that... Is that how, enough to cover your expenses and make a profit? Yeah, like, how did that work? Yeah. And... A lot of the times, the guys, they don't really know because the bookkeeping is shoddy. Yeah. And there's just some other things going on. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, so you raise your prices, but you have no way to determine if it actually helped you other than how it might feel. Yep. But then also you're doing residential service and new construction. So now it's even diluted even more. Yeah. So it's just like, man, <laughs> like, yeah. like you're doing this like the hardest way possible. Yes. And I don't like... I did the exact same stuff. Like as silly as it sounds now, I can't fault those guys for doing that. They just don't know. Yeah, of course not. It's like if they knew they would go, Oh, wow. Yeah. I can't believe I just raised my prices to one seventy five and I have no idea if that's enough or not. Yep. And if they knew how to find out, they'd be like, I gotta find this out. Yep. Oh, this is how you run a business? Oh yeah, and it's kinda makes total sense. And it's kinda interesting because again, like even when you talk to guys and you sort of like lift the veil and they look around like, holy crap, I could do this a different way. Mm-hmm. There's still this belief of like, but nobody else is doing this. And it's like, it's almost unbelievable where you're like, I know, but it's not like a super secret trick. It's not a super secret trick. It's every successful plumbing business that you see in the United States is they're all doing the same thing. Yeah. It, and you can literally just mimic what they're doing and be successful. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to stay that way forever. And there's always tweaks, like like when you're talking earlier on this episode, like you're optimizing your business. Yeah. Like there's little things that in house that nobody can really copy yep. because it's just your personal optimization um, package. Yep. Or maybe you're really good with your employees. Yep. Like somebody could copy your processes to an extent. But ultimately, you might just be a badass at motivating your people to do a good job. Yeah. And so that is something that can really start to separate you in certain ways. Yep. But by and large, the business model is going to be the same. The business model is the same. And it's been the same for a long time. Yeah. That's what's crazy. Yeah. Back in the day, it was like profitable to be at 135 bucks an hour. 20 years ago, people were doing the exact same thing. Mm. 20 years ago... $220 an hour was the rate you needed to be at. Yeah. Right? Now, 20 years later, we still got people charging under $220. Yeah. 20 years later. Yeah. It's like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. What is the cost of a vehicle done in the last 20 years? Oh, (laughs) I don't even know. Like, I can't even, I can't even think about what vehicles cost 20 years ago. I mean... I mean, we could, there's so many different I things. I actually bought a vehicle 20 years ago. That's crazy. Mm. I bought, man, it wasn't even, it wasn't even 20 years ago, was it? It was real close, real close to 20 years ago, mm-hmm. 2008. Mm. I bought a new car. Mm-hmm. It was $16,000. Yeah. 
Yep. Man, if you get a hold of a new car right now for $16,000. I just bought the exact same car last year <laughs> yep. for my daughter. Mm-hmm. $16,000. That's a good car. Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah, that is wild. Just held its value exact, the entire time. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it had low miles, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it superseded its value because it was worth it, the same with more actually, miles. It actually did, yeah. yeah. That's wild to think mm-hmm. about. <clears throat> so, yeah, because well, we were looking around for cars, and I was looking at used cars for mm-hmm. like 30 grand. I know. And I was like, it's, it's I'm insane. not spending 30 grand on my daughter's car. Especially if it's like a used car. Like if you're spending, like the yeah. way that I look at it, I'm like, if I'm already going to be making a payment for this sucker, I might as well just spend 20 more K and make a $100 more per month payment. Yeah. And like, screw it. I just remember what my son did to his car. He destroyed the thing. And, <laughs> and I was you're like, like not, I'm not spending nope. 30 grand to get it destroyed. <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah, especially, around, especially down here. <clears throat> yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay, so now what, right? So you've hit a million. Yeah. And... What's what do you do next? Like, what do you do? Like, after you get to the million, you got this machine going. Yeah. Then, like, there's these next, there's this next period. Like, what's that next period? Like, what can you do to go from one million to two million? Because we sort of talked about how you you grew really, really fast over this period. Yeah. And then, like, I mean, maybe tell us about like what that was like. Um, and then I don't know. I could have stopped there and had a 1.5, 1.8 million dollar business, right? Mm-hmm. every single year with mm-hmm. three guys out in the field. Mm-hmm. So my guys produce about, right now they do about 750, but let's like lower that and say mm-hmm. they do about 600,000. Mm-hmm. I got a $1.3 million a year business. Mm-hmm. No, $1.8 million yep. a year business. Yeah. <clears throat> so I could have stopped there, $1.8 million a year business. I could have been the general manager of that business. Mm. Um. And if we hit 20% profit margins, what is that? 340000 a year in mm-hmm. profits. And most people, yeah, cool, that's a great living. But when you're like, when you're sitting there looking at it and you're thinking about it, like, okay, my business profited 380, paid me 100K to operate it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to pay like 30% of that in taxes. Mm-hmm. So you're left with 280. So, Man, you're not left with 280, you're left with like 260 mm-hmm. at the end of the year. And but it costs you that that $1.8 million business costs you a million and a half to run, right? This is the part nobody thinks about. So I have this business with three guys in it. I'm managing it. It costs me a million and a half to make two hundred and eighty thousand and that I get to keep at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not that good of a trade-off, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. If you give so, me a million and a half dollars, and I give you two hundred and eighty thousand back. Yeah, and so at the end of the year, you're basically taking that two hundred eighty and you're putting it in the bank. Yeah, because you're like, man, if something happened in this business, I need, I need a cushion. Yeah, right. And then you're, you're like, okay, so. I mean, you could just keep doing that year two. You'd probably still want to put some money in the bank for a cushion, yep. right? And then year three, you start making that extra 280K. So you're making 380,000 a year. Then you start thinking like, okay, I'm making $380,000 a year, but how am I going to retire? Right. I got to sell this business. Mm. You start thinking about how much money you need to retire. 
it's a lot more than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're making, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and the thing is, like, if you own this business, right, <clears throat> and you're thinking, well, you could just go invest the two hundred thousand and make a hundred and eighty k. You know, it paid you a hundred plus. You get take eighty k off the top. Mm-hmm. That's a good living. Mm. And it and it is, but mm-hmm. if you want to do that, I could go get a job and make 155k right. with none of the headache, right, and none of the risk. Yeah, right. Sure. So why it just it just doesn't add up. So sure. what ends up happening is you start doing the math, and you're like, hmm. If I add another technician into this business, so if I go from three techs to four techs, mm-hmm. all of a sudden my margins go up mm. because what ends up happening is you've already got the overhead. <clears throat> sure, yeah. To add another technician, mm. he's going to be able to bill out way more mm-hmm. than the increase in overhead. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like definitely. you're going to increase overhead by his wage. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're paying 100 k mm-hmm. So there's 100000 And then you're going to increase by van payment. So let's say there's another twelve k a year mm-hmm. plus maybe another... 10k in gas and another 10k in insurance. Maybe so some maybe some ad spend. Keep it busy. <clears throat> yeah, maybe another. Maybe you got to spend another. Mm, we'll say 40k in ad spend. Mm-hmm. So you add 180 thousand dollars worth of expenses, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden he goes out and bills out 600 thousand dollars worth of work. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a that's a good deal. That's a good deal. If you if you give me one hundred eighty thousand and I give you the remainder, like the four hundred twenty or whatever, yeah. that's a good trade. <clears throat> yeah, and so you start to realize, okay, if I just add more technicians, this thing makes way more money. I've already got the machine built. I've already got the pieces in play. Mm-hmm. Why not just add more technicians to it? I've already have the risk. Mm-hmm. Why not just make it produce more money, and then. I can pay myself more. I can put away more of a cushion so that these guys, yeah, I can be like I can provide them with a job long term, right? Mm-hmm. And I can have m- more money to go invest mm-hmm. in my retirement or whatever. And if I need to sell this thing, it's actually worth way more, right? So you might as well just keep building it because you get to the point like when I dropped into the office. Mm. And there was three guys out in the field. It ran on its own for the most part. Mm-hmm. I would be in the office for a couple hours a day, and that was it. That's mm-hmm. all I needed to be there. It was, it was easy. Mm-hmm. And to add one more tech was easy. Yeah, it's like this was finding the technician, and then like, oh, I got the van for you, and yeah, here's your company card. <clears throat> hey, marketing company, spend more on marketing. Mm-hmm. Have this guy ride along with one of my other guys for a while, teach mm-hmm. him the ropes. And off we go, mm-hmm. right? And so at that point, it was like, okay, let's keep going. Um, so what happens is, <clears throat> and there's this thing, it's called Valley of Despair. Mm-hmm. And there's two There's two of them that I've ran into, mm-hmm. and we we would run into another one. I could, I could see it coming at some point. Sure. So as you add the first Valley of Despair, right, as you add technicians into your business, mm-hmm. You gain margin. Right. So as you scale, you gain margin mm-hmm. just by adding technicians like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Every technician you add, overhead goes up a little bit, but the revenue increases yeah, more yeah, than yeah. the overhead mm-hmm. by, a, by a substantial amount. Mm-hmm. 
And so when you get to three technicians, the business really needs you to pull out of the field because it needs you to be available in the office at least a couple hours a day to be able to do that kind of stuff, right? To do the business stuff. And then, so what happens at that point is you lose margin because you went from being a Mm -hmm. revenue-producing employee to a non-revenue-producing employee, which increased overhead Mm -hmm. and produced zero extra revenue. Yep. So you drop in margin. Mm -hmm. And to get back your margin, you have to keep scaling, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what we teach in our course is, hey, you need a price for that very first valley of despair because Mm -hmm. that's the most expensive time in your business. Mm -hmm. And if you're not profitable there, you'll never be able to scale past it, Mm -hmm. okay? Or you'll get to that point. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And your business will be useless because it doesn't make any money. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and I'm saying this because it plays into like the thought of, well, if I just keep growing, okay. Sure. If I just keep growing as big as I possibly can get forever. Maybe not even, maybe not even that there. I think there are good stopping points. Sure. Yeah. So you're down here in this Valley of despair. You've got Mm -hmm. three techs in the field. You recognize if I add a fourth, I gain more margin. Yeah. You start to climb out of the Valley. If I add a fifth, I gain, I gain even more margin. Mm Mm-hmm. Dang, if I add a sixth, I gain even more margin. Margin equals security. <clears throat> yeah, margin is money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Margin is, margin lowers risk. Yes. It's a risky business, mm-hmm. and you have to increase margin so that your risk is low. Yep. Otherwise, it's too risky. Yep, and you- It's not and, a good trade-off. And you decrease <clears throat> risk really just by having, what, more cash? More margin. Yeah, more, more margin. room for error. Yeah. Better cash sure. flow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so- you start to recognize, dang, I get to six technicians. My margins are huge. Right. Wait, they're so huge. I could hire a general manager to where I don't even need to be here. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah, because then you can, <clears throat> abs- like, your margins are big enough that they can absorb the paycheck to get a good general manager. Yes. And yeah. then it's like, whoa. So now I have a general manager to get the safety back and the margin back. I'm going to add a couple more technicians. Right. Right. So now I've got my risk is low, Mm -hmm. my margins are high, and I don't have to be involved in my business. Mm. So it just like as it just gets better and better, like to a point, right? Mm. Um, So and at that point, like if you grow anywhere from eight to ten technicians, one general manager can handle it. Mm -hmm. If you've got a really good guy in there, he can basically run the your entire business. Right. Yep. You can have just a couple CSRs. Um. And that thing can produce a ton of money, mm-hmm. right? So eight guys, you could do $5 million a year in revenue. You could do a million dollars a year in profit. Mm-hmm. Your general manager can make good money. All of your technicians can make good money. Your CSRs can make good mm-hmm. money. Your customers will be really happy. Um, you can serve a lot of customers. Mm-hmm. You can afford a hefty marketing budget. And you don't have to be involved as the owner. right? And if you can not be involved as the owner, Mm -hmm. the business is worth a lot of money. Yep. And the longer it's in business, Mm. the more money it's worth. Yep. The longer you can prove a track record of success in that, Mm -hmm. the more it's worth. Mm -hmm. And so now all of a sudden, you're making enough money to do whatever you want. You don't have the headache of running a business. Um, You can afford to invest in retirement. Plus, you could sell your business and probably retire. Right. I don't know why you wouldn't go to at least there. Yeah, because that's going to be 
the best outcome for you as the business owner who's yep. putting all the stuff together. <clears throat> yep. And obviously you're building a good business, so everybody else is yep. benefiting. Exactly. But like for you, it's a nice goal to shoot for. So when you're thinking like, man, how big should I grow my business? Yeah. Like that's a really nice space to be where you're not required all the time. Yep. But here's the thing, like back to the very beginning of this conversation where guys are thinking, mm. man, to do a million dollar in revenue, I need 10 guys. Mm -hmm. It's not true. With 10 guys, you could easily do five or six right. million in revenue. Mm -hmm. You can hold down 20% profit margins mm -hmm. if you do your business right. Right. And you can put management in place to where you don't have to be physically involved in the business. Right. Hardly ever. So where in there do guys get stuck? Like, let's say you're at, let's say you're at 3 million and mm -hmm. you, you think things are going well, but you just can't, you're just stuck. Like what could be the, I mean, no, that's not very, there's not a lot of details there for you to chew on, but like that's sort of like the general set. Yeah. Like what could be the possibilities why this business is stuck at 3 million? There's only three things, hopefully. Three things. <laughs> three things and some bonus things. Number one, they're either still not charging enough. It's three things or it's a combo. Sure. Number one, they're not charging enough. Number two, they're not marketing enough. Mm. Or number three, they have some sort of like business model or business structure failure. Sure, right? yeah. So mm, like sure. they've got two guys running around in a van. Yep. Or they've got an office manager, two CSRs, a yeah. technician manager. Yeah, too much, too much and, overhead. Yeah, too much overhead. Mm -hmm. Like weird positions within their company that yeah. aren't needed. I've definitely seen that. I've definitely yeah. seen super heavy office staffs. You need to run a lean and mean machine yeah. is what you need. And you don't, like for the office side, <clears throat> you don't, like I feel like guys like to bring in office managers. Yeah. Which is which is confusing to me. And obviously terms are important to define here. But whenever I hear office manager, I don't hear general manager. Because no. I think what people think is they're like, I'm going to bring in an office manager. And they, that's going to manage my CSRs, maybe. Or actually, it's like, that person's going to answer my phones, kind of manage my books, yep. look over some of my spend on ads and various things. Mm -hmm. But it's like a pretty weird, defined position. Yeah. I've seen guys at that point get in-house bookkeepers, get in-house like head of marketing. Sure. And it's like, it's not needed at that point. And it's a weird thing. Especially like if you want to bring that person in, you're probably going to pay them like between like 50 and 100K. Yeah. But again, they're not contributing directly to revenue. Nope. So they have to be really freaking good at what they do to actually impact it. Yep. And within the plumbing business model, yep. I can't imagine an in-house marketer who's worth anything because nope. an in-house marketer is going to be worth something probably more than 100K. Yeah. So if you're getting a 60 to 100K in-house marketer, you're getting like a college kid who can run social media. Yep. And then you're like, okay, well, bring me in more revenue than that, <laughs> like consistently. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, it's a strange thing. It, And I think when you're growing mm. your business, you need to think about what's the biggest constraint holding me up? Mm -hmm. So at some point in time, mm -hmm. in-house marketing if you don't have it, that becomes a constraint. Yep. Like you can't, it takes, you literally just can't produce enough marketing in a fast enough time frame mm -hmm. to get the results that you need, right? Right. Um, that's not the case if you're at 3 million, right? Yeah, correct. I need an office manager. 
yeah, at some point in time when you have, you know, five or six CSRs mm -hmm. and a few general managers and lead technicians and a trainer and you may need somebody in there to sure play office manager, right? right? Maybe you got a bookkeeper at that point in time. Mm -hmm. But when you're at three million, none of those things are constraining your business. Mm -hmm. None of those things are stopping your business from moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um and I I don't know why people do that kind of stuff. It could be because they're they might be looking to pictures of companies who've grown really, really well. And they look at like a 30 million company, a $15 uh -huh. million dollar company, and they see the people that they have. They see the org chart yep. and they say, oh, I got to fill the positions of the org chart. No. So I'm going to just start uh, doing that. A 5 million company and a 10 million company and a 20 million company and a 30 million company mm -hmm. and a 50 million and a hundred million. Those are very different companies. Yeah. And it's like, it's like <clears throat> the business model doesn't fundamentally change, but the business model shifts. It, cha it changes. Mm. It really does. Like what got you from zero to five mm -hmm. isn't going to get you to 30. Mm -hmm. It's going to be different. Sure. Right? Um, and so rather than focusing on like you never want to try to fill the shoes of a $30 million business when you're only producing $3 million. Yeah. That'd be a bad idea. Yeah. So you need to understand where your biggest constraints are. I think a lot of that may come in like guys who are are not charging enough, mm -hmm. typically they think two things. So like for a $3 million business who isn't quite making it, like his profit margins mm -hmm. aren't big enough, it's very likely they're just not charging enough. Yeah. I've talked to mm. <laughs> so like I've talked to so many people doing four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, even ten million dollars in revenue. And they're trying to figure out mm. they're not profitable. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to figure it out. And every time I ask them what they're charging, they're not charging enough. Mm. And it's that easy of a fix. But what the business owner is thinking is like, I need to be more efficient. Yeah, dude, efficient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or I need to um, get my guys selling better. Mm -hmm. Or I just need more leads. Like my marketing isn't good enough, mm -hmm. right? And so they bring in office staff to mm. make to try to make them more efficient. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. To unload some of the tasks that somebody might be doing so that they can have time to do another thing. Yes. And then they need more leads. So they bring in an in-house marketing manager, right? Because they don't understand marketing. And then because they think like, oh, if we can just go to more jobs, then we'll make more money. Yeah. Then they fall into the trap of like pushing their guys super hard to go to as many jobs right. as possible right. rather than putting systems in place to maximize every job that they're on. Mm -hmm. um, what was the third one? There was leads, efficiency. And I think you said like just them selling hours. Sales. Yeah, sales. They bring in, they bring in sales trainers. Right? Yeah, sure. Oh, if we could just get them selling better. Yeah. I need, they need sales training. Mm. I got to figure out those magic words to make a sale. Mm -hmm. The magic words don't exist. It's systems on the back end and quality of service that make yeah. the sale, right? Um, yeah. It's not fancy sales training. I would almost say like, just like on a slight dog leg in the conversation, like, even your culture at that point, because I think your culture is going to increase. If you have a good business culture, it's going to increase 
confidence in the product. Yep. Confidence in the product is going to increase sales. Yep. hundred percent. So <clears throat> if you have guys who are really weak at sales, I would say, go look at your culture. Like, do your guys really see the value in what you're doing? Yeah. Because if they don't, it doesn't matter what kind of words you give them. Yep. Because they're not going to sell the jobs because they don't believe in what the company's actually doing. And I would say that's an accountability problem as well, that they're not holding those people accountable mm. to their sales. Sure, yeah. That could be a pay structure problem too. Like there might not be the right pay structure. I would I would argue that they're probably like their guys, they either don't have the tools that they need mm. to make good sales mm-hmm. or they're not confident enough to make it. Right. And then their boss lets them get away with it. Mm. And so they continue to underperform, mm-hmm. and it's okay. Sure. When what they should do is say, what's going on? What do you need to make sales? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you all the tools you need. Hence, I'm going to give you a price book. I'm going right. to make sure you have pre-built options. I'm going to make sure we're doing training on Thursdays mm-hmm. so you know how to talk to the customer, how to communicate with the customer, mm-hmm. how to provide them with really good do service. Some, do some role play, man. Do role play. But if you can't get your sales up, then you got to leave. Yeah. And we got to get somebody else in here who can. Mm -hmm. And so those are the tough conversations and Mm -hmm. the tough decisions that most people don't want to make, right? And so back to this, I I bet most people listening to this, if they're at one, two, three million and they're stuck, they're probably underpriced. Yeah. I mean, you were underpriced. I was. And there's and you thought, I mean, you thought you were doing good until you're like, oh crap, I didn't make any money for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Like you had to like you had to have a jarring moment of like, oh, something's not quite right. Yeah. I had to have my come to Jesus moment. Yeah. Is really what what it yeah, was. Like, it was. Pay attention like, to what you're charging. It was like because I didn't realize it until we had seven guys, mm-hmm. a general manager, and we hit a little bit of a slow season mm-hmm. and we started to lose money. And I could have gone, okay, we just need more work. Sure. Yeah, Plus, it's a slow season. It's, it's a natural a, thought. Yep, we can get more work season. in the slow times. Or you know? I just need my guys to sell better for the work we are getting. Yep. Right? That'd be another natural thought. Mm-hmm. But the reality was I really just needed to raise my rates. Yeah. And I'm glad I came to that conclusion yeah. because it, saved, it ended up saving my business, mm. right? Had I let it mm. go down the path that it was going down, I would have a cash eating machine mm-hmm. right now. Um, that's one thing like, you know, people who who are worried about making a profit mm. or people who look at your business and they're like, you're greedy because you're making a profit. Mm-hmm. Profit is there because if you don't have profit, you just have a cash consuming machine. Yeah, it's, sure. It's literally, yeah. here's cash eating over here. Here's breaking even. It's mm-hmm. this tiny, thin little hairline, and mm-hmm. then here's profitable. Yeah. And so if you don't have profit, you could fall across this tiny little, thin little hairline yeah. over to cash-consuming eating machine, yeah. life-destroying machine mm-hmm. in, in a second. Oh, yeah. Totally. And I, you want to be as far away from that line as possible. That line right? is a penny thin. It's a tenth of a penny thin. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Well, I don't have a tenth of a penny to spend. <laughs> okay. So, but yeah, it is. It literally is. You tip over that line and all of a sudden you're eating cash. Yes. And it can happen so fast. Yes. The further away you are from that line, the better off you're going to be. Mm-hmm. So that should be your goal as a business owner is mm-hmm. how do I make this business run very well and efficiently and 
create as much cash as humanly possible. Yeah, and don't... You should always be asking yourself, how much can I charge? Mm-hmm. Not how much should I charge mm-hmm. or how much do I need to charge? Mm. You should ask yourself, how much can I charge for this service? Because mm-hmm. the goal is for it to make as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. The goal is not to offer a a quality service at a reasonable rate. Right. That is not the well, goal of a business. I mean, that, that sentence is even <clears throat> ridiculous because like a reasonable rate... What's reasonable? And who is defining reasonable? Who's defining what's reasonable You know, the, the people on Yelp are going to define reasonable much differently than just the person who wants his problem fixed right now. There were all sorts of people when I charged $140 an hour who didn't think that was reasonable. Yep. Who's to say what's reasonable? Yeah. Exactly. If I was to go by their definition of reasonable, I would be broke today. Yes. And they'd feel really good. They could care less. <laughs> they could care right? less, yeah. And that's the thing. So it's it's your choice. Run a mm-hmm. run a profitable business. Yeah, and I think when you talk about identifying constraints is sometimes those are hard things to look at because like if they you are. have an office manager <clears throat> and if you love apprentices, you have to you have to step outside of your emotional attachment to various things in your business and just yep. go, what is actually making me money? Yep. Like, is this apprentice making me money yep. by contributing to the efficiency factor to a measurable standard that I can say, this is acceptable? Yep. And you have to have that hard conversation with yourself to go, dang, I actually can't run all these apprentices. Yeah. Or dang, why do I have an office manager? Yeah. Like, I, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You have to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the exact reason I kept my prices too low for too long. Yeah, sure. Because I wasn't honest with myself about what it actually cost me to run my business. Because I was scared to to charge what it was going to cost, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. I I honestly believe like back then I thought if I raise my prices too much, people won't buy my stuff, and they won't buy your stuff immediately. Yes. It'll be like you were in business on Tuesday, you raise your prices Wednesday, on a Wednesday, and you're Thursday, done. I'm out. Yep, Thursday, yep. you're just zero. Yep, but that's not true. No. And so here's what's crazy. All that said, today, most people will say you're going to price yourself out of the market. We are $200 an hour more than the next most expensive contractor. Most contractors in my area are 130 to 150. Mm. We're 600. Mm-hmm. We're literally five times their price. Mm-hmm. And we still do more work than anybody else in town. Mm-hmm. There's a ginormous benefit to being the mm-hmm. most expensive. Mm-hmm. There's a, those guys who are the cheapest or even the second most expensive, they have a huge disadvantage over you being the most expensive. Yeah, they will never be able to take market share in any way. Never. Especially the lowest guys, but secondly, the guys who are second most expensive. Yeah, you'll always be able to take more market share than them. Yeah, because you have the money to. You have the money to spend to acquire customers. Mm -hmm. You have the money to spend to pay employees well. Mm -hmm. You have the money to spend to take care of customers. Mm -hmm. And you're always going to outdo the guy who's charging less than you. Yeah. It's the exact opposite of what you're taught in school or what you believe in your head, right? Mm -hmm. You're always taught it's supply and demand. Mm. I, if there's no demand, I have to, I have to charge less. Or if this guy's charging less and I want to compete, I have to charge less than him Mm -hmm. so that everybody buys my services. Mm -hmm. 
And that's kind of correct. Mm -hmm. But you have to realize supply and demand works on more than just price. Right. Yeah, sure. It works on quality. Yes. It works on service. Right. And here's what's crazy. You can take your plumbing business and you can put yourself in a market Mm. where you have way less competition. Mm -hmm. So those guys that are charging $130, $150 an hour, guess what? They're not my competitors. Correct. Those are just, yeah. (laughs) We're not (laughs) doing the same thing. Right. We do something completely different from them. Mm -hmm. We've completely differentiated ourselves Mm -hmm. into a market all by ourselves Mm -hmm. that we just sit over here and we dominate. Mm -hmm. And that's what you want to do. If you want to keep your prices low and compete with all these low prices, well, now you have a bunch of competition. Sure. If you want to demand a higher price, you have to be willing to stand out and do stuff differently Mm -hmm. and stand on your own two legs Mm -hmm. and become a market of one. Hmm. That might not be possible for everybody to become a market of one because there's also other very expensive players in your market. Right. But you can become a market of two or three Yep. or a market of four or five, mm-hmm. and it's better than being in the market of three to 400 yeah. on the other side. Yeah, and even in this example of a market of four or five, you're profitable. You're profitable. Like you're charging enough to be profitable. And there's a big enough market to support that. Yeah, and so like for you, what's cool is like your, your plumbing company is in a very small market because a lot of times... Like mm-hmm. we think like, oh, these things are possible in really, really big markets. Yeah. But it's also possible in small markets. It is. Yep. 100%. Because, you know, the way that life is right now, there is different, there is tons of people everywhere of different income brackets and all these different things. So you're going to find in your market people who really value a good service. Yeah. And they might not even be the top income bracket. Right. Because sometimes the people who make the most are also the most obnoxious to deal with. Correct. So you just can't make all these assumptions by certain things. Yeah. What's funny is, so even at $600 an hour, our our best customers aren't rich. Mm. They're just regular old, you know, making 80 to 200K a year, mm-hmm. um, blue collar people. And But they we give them a good enough quality of service. They are willing to part with their dollars. Right. And give them to us mm. for the service we provide. Mm-hmm. And then leave us a five-star review because they value it so much, mm-hmm. right? Even at $600 an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody, there's, if you have blue-collar workers in your area, you got you got a market. Right. So it's just mm-hmm. how big it is is going to determine how big you can grow your business. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. See, we leave anything out on your, your long journey to a million? My long arduous journey to a million mm-hmm. it actually wasn't that bad and it honestly went pretty quick yeah i knew you were thinking that when you're thinking about how old you are and when you started you're like damn i'm actually not that much older now i know <laughs> you're like wait I a was, second i was like wait this is isn't this... a 10-year journey this was a very short journey mm-hmm. yeah yeah yep yeah i talked to a guy yesterday it was super exciting he just got in our course and he man he was just doing all the right stuff mm. he was like uh, he was already charging 520 he's mm. been in business for about a year, mm-hmm. and he's like, dude, I'm just so busy that I don't have time to do anything. He's like, I had to turn down a water heater call to take this call with you. I was like, dude, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, sitting on thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> and I was like, man, you just got to like hire guys and 
you're going to be set. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're going to make so much money in the next year. Mm-hmm. Like just doing a little bit like of business setup. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be ridiculous. Yeah. It was cool. It's mm-hmm. exciting. It, remi- it, is- it reminded me of my story is why I brought that up. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I talked to a guy this week too that reminded me of your story. Cause he, he said, and a lot of guys story too. He said, I didn't, I said, why'd you strike out on your own? He's like, I was just sick of making somebody else a ton of money. Yeah. And I said, I know. And I was like, well, how's it working out? He's like, it ain't working out great. <laughs> I said, I'm not making I know. any money. I was like, I know. You're probably undercharging. He's like, I know I am. I was like, have you done anything about it? No. Why not? I don't know. And I'm just like, let's talk about it. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Cool, man. Cool, dude. Appreciate you. See you, Holmes. See ya.